Hello, Umis. This is the War Boss, and I'm here to tell you about all the Dakar. You're listening to the Sprues and Brews podcast, your weekly podcast looking at all things Warhammer. Hello and welcome to episode 153 of the Spruce and Bruce podcast. My name is Dave and I'm joined once again by Matt. Hello. Jay. Hello. And Andy. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back, Jay. You uh, you had last week off? Ah, uh, yes. I've been on holiday. Did you have but, a good time? Uh, yeah, it was very good. Thank you. Excellent. No, no hobbying for 10 days. No so I've got hobby withdrawal symptoms. Uh, you know, sometimes though, do you think it's actually quite good to have ten no. days kind of off? No. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> no, it's, it's been good. It's been good. Um, <laughs> but I have been itching to get back and start start working on a project or something. So, excellent, awesome. Um, so you've joined us on a, on a good week because we're going to be talking about Codex Orcs on this week's podcast. And um, because Matt, you have the full orc, orc Codex in your mitts. Yeah, as does Andy. Oh, two of us yes. with the book. Two of us with the book. So obviously last time we covered it a few weeks ago on the show, it was more of a first impressions. I've managed to spend a bit more time with the book. And Andy, you have fully absorbed the book over the last few days, haven't you? Yeah, you might say I've become an orc myself. <laughs> Excellent. So we're going to be chatting about the new orc book uh, later on in the show. We're also going to be kind of... Um, this was kind of inspired by the new combat patrol for the orcs we're going to be talking about our top three start collecting slash combat patrol slash new sort of army boxes uh, as this week's top three and we'll be reading out the community picks towards the end of the show as well we of course also have all the latest news in the next segment but before we get stuck into all of that content let's get talking about what we've been doing in the hobby this week so, Jay, we'll start with you, because I'm guessing you're not going to have a very comprehensive list. Oh, you're right, Dave. You're right. So, in terms of hobby, I have actually, uh, on the paint stream yesterday, was the first bit of hobby I'd done in a couple of weeks. So, I'd started building my second Nemesis Dread Knight. Um, uh, he's pretty much done. Um, so, he's... I, I've got to... Um, the, the actual, like, exosuit's done now. I've got to work on the, the Terminator himself and repose the legs and things to match the sort of stance of the... Dread Knight. Um, that's it, really. Other than that, I've been... Oh, I have done a bit today, actually. I've been building some more Alarif Stoneguard today to finish off my Lumineth Force. Um, but that's been it. I've had really rubbish internet signals, so I've been like trying to grab <laughs> updates on Warhammer community as they've been coming in and things like that over the last week and a half. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so that, that's me. Very, very quick uh, hobby roundup for me today. You've, you've done you've done a fair bit, considering, I, I would say. Yeah, I mean, I'm good. looking forward to... Uh, it's going to be like jumping into the hobby at the deep end this week, because we'll probably mention we're off to Warhammer World on, on Wednesday for some games. Mm. Um, so, like, that's a good way to sort of end the hobby drought, isn't it? Head off to Warhammer HQ. Definitely. It's, the, it's, the best it's been a long way. time coming, hasn't it? Yeah. I'm super yeah. excited, guys. I don't know about you. Yeah, oh, yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait. I've got, in fact, I've got three armies in front of me here that I'm trying to figure out which army to take. Um, so what, what are your choices, Jay? We'll try and help you on this podcast uh, well, live. I think I'm going to take the Ultramarines because I really like the Ultramarines and um, they've they've got a bit of everything, a bit of combat, a bit of shooty, a bit of, you know, vehicles in there. So 
Uh, it, it's most likely going to be be the the ultramarines with a primaris captain who I'm going to come up with like a backstory and a name and stuff to because we're going to be doing some nice. sort of little crusade stuff on the way through. Uh, I brought some Adeptus Custodes down, but you don't get many Adeptus Custodes in 1,000 points, so I think I'll leave them at home. Um, I'm a Grey Knight, so unfortunately I'm not going to be able to get the Dread Knight done um, in time to take the 1,000 points of uh, Grey Knights on Wednesday. Um, so I, I think it's going to... And I want to take a painted army, really, myself, so I think I'm going to take the Ultramarines. So. The Ultramarines look really nice as well, and you know how to play Ultramarines. They're pointy yeah. click, aren't they? Yeah, that's it. You don't think too hard about the Ultramarines, so... Excellent. Yeah, good choice. Um, for the, for me, for this week in the hobby, um, it's been preparing for, for Warhammer World as well. So I thought I'd finished all my Necron Warriors from Indomitus. Turns out I hadn't. So I painted five Necron Warriors with Gorse Reapers. May or may not be basing them as we speak. Um, <laughs> just need to try brush them a bit later on. Um, and I also have built and sprayed this week um, five Immortals with nice. Gorse Blasters. Can I paint them in one night tomorrow night whilst also editing the podcast? I think I can. So Ooh, hopefully, um, hopefully I'll be taking those with me um, fully painted on Wednesday. If How not, did you find them? How did you find them to build compared to the newer stuff? Uh, actually, I went in really negatively thinking, Matt, that these were going to be a pain to build. And they weren't. They, they oh, really good. weren't. Um, the way the arms go together, um, there's little, uh, little sockets and stuff that... It is a little bit fiddlier, but honestly, no problems. No problems at all. Uh, they, they, they've been absolutely fine to, to go together. So looking forward to getting some paint on them uh, and hopefully having them finished for when we go on um, Wednesday. But then that's it. Everything else is uh, good to go. Um, picked up the cards because I thought that would be easier for the, um, uh, what's it called? The battle tactic the Necrons have where you have um, a special oh, rule each turn. Command protocols, that's it, yeah. Um, so I picked up the cards mainly for that and also to help me with some stratagems and stuff. Yeah, I'm um, glad to take your Necrons, Dave, because my primary captain has a dead Necron in his base. So <laughs> He does, he does indeed. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, that, that's, that's been it, really, for me uh, in the hobby this week. Uh, Andy, what have you been up to? Uh, so continuing the theme, I've been trying to get stuff ready for when we go to Warhammer World. Um, so I've been building the Orcs. Um, I've managed to get everything built. Um, but then when I started priming stuff on Saturday, Friday, Saturday, whenever it was, um, I ran out of lead boucher. Um, no. Yeah. So uh, the, the plan was to spray all my vehicles lead boucher. Um, and then that way I can pick up like different armor panels with um, different metallic colors and then maybe use some contrast paints to sort of color in a few other bits and stuff on them just so they're not all. Yeah, it was all silver sort of thing. Um, so I managed to get about a wagon, three killer cans, and three mega knobs all sprayed silver, and then it ran out. Um, so I've got a an orc truck, um, which unfortunately will be bare plastic for when we go Warhammer World, um, which is really annoying um, because my plan was once I've sprayed it, um, then I can spend a little bit of time just going over um where the sprays missed and that sort of some getting in the nooks and crannies and then i could glue it to its base um but because obviously i haven't been able to spray it or prime it i haven't been able to glue it to its base um but other than that i've uh, sprayed all the infantry um with death guard green again the plan was to spray them with lead belcher because most bizarrely enough even for orcs most of them have actually sort of like metallics um and i think painting the metallic or spraying the metallic for me would 
really speed up the process and make them a bit more enjoyable to paint because rather than going in and sort of like painting all the nooks and crannies and stuff with silver it's already done for you sort of thing mm-hmm. um but yeah so i sprayed all that with defcard green and then on the uh painting stream which we did last night which you can check out on twitch and youtube <laughs> famous plug um i started painting up some gretchen um that are in my list because in all honesty i didn't know what to paint um so i managed to get all the base colors done on them um last night and then um just after we finished the, the, the stream last night i washed all of the skin with a phonine camo shade um and i've gone for a base paint of um death god green and in all honesty i just wanted to try it out for the rest of the orcs um and I've done a quick dry brush of Nurgling Green, um, and it's turned out really well. So I think that's how I'm going to do the rest of the orc skin when I get round to it. Um, and then just before we started the podcast, I gave um, all the other areas of the Gretchen a wash with Agrax Earthshade. So they're, uh, because they're only Gretchen, they're only like 50-point you know, throw a unit. Um, I don't think I'm going to do any more highlights other than what I've done on the skin um so it's just a case of now working out how i want to base them but i don't want to base them like i've done with any of my previous armies i want it to be sort of a new basing scheme so Mm. yeah i think i'm gonna have to spend a little bit time doing a few tester bases and stuff and then once i've worked out how i'm gonna do it i'll I'll get rid of on to the rest of the uh the orcs and stuff um and then with the pre-order uh, on Saturday, I bought myself the Combat Patrol box for Orcs. Yeah. So, um, yeah, when that comes next weekend, uh, I think I'm going to be building some more Orcs. So, yeah, it's been a lot of Orcs this the last few weeks. Yeah, it's all going to be worth it, though. They're, they're going to be awesome. I can't wait to play against them um, on uh, Wednesday. Uh, I love the Orcs. Such a cool army. Um. Matt finishes off. What have uh, what have you been up to in the hobby this last week? So it's been a productive week. I have I finished off the stormcast that I was working on last week. So they're all based and good to go. So I have got two thousand points of stormcast painted, ready for the new book. I also built a thousand points of stormcast vanguard. That I'm in two minds whether I do them as hammers of sigma or maybe do them as a different storm host. Um, because they're, I don't think I'd ever use them with the Hammers of Sigma stuff, so I could do a little mini different army there. So they're all primed up and, and deciding what to do with them. And then, yeah, on the hobby stream, I was working on uh, Gallon and Duralia Van Denst, the uh, the two witch hunters from the uh, Broken Realm series. And, oh, man, they are so good models. I'm surprised you haven't picked these up, Dave, to make them into Inquisitors. I uh, yeah. Ha- yeah, I I do. I do intend to pick these um, up because they're, they're they're incredible models. Yes, I, I, Inquisitor is actually a really good shout, but I, I think they're actually really nice models just for Age of Sigma as they are. Yeah, they are. They are. They're so good. So, um, got the base colours down yesterday on the stream. Whacked a wash on it last night. I need to just start highlighting them up, and then yeah, they'll be done. So uh, yeah, really enjoyed doing them. A little palette cleanser. Excellent stuff. Uh, that wraps up our first section on this week's podcast. We've got plenty to get through, so let's take a quick pause and come back with this week's news. So what do we have in this week's news, Matt? Well, a couple of weeks later than we wanted them, Dave, but like a bolt of celestial lightning from the heavens 
two new battle tomes are arriving for Warhammer Age of Sigma. Very, very excited to get my hands on these. So first of all, we've got Stormcast Eternals, uh, £30 for the battle tome, containing all sorts of new stuff in there. Alongside it, we've got War Scroll cards at £22.50. The Knight Judicator at £21. He's the cool-looking guy with a with a bow and some griffhounds. And the Stormstrike Chariot at a surprising £29. I think that's a little bit on the pricey side, personally. Yeah, I was expecting a little bit cheaper than that. Still not bad, though. Yeah, it's still a really cool model. Um, also, they are re-releasing the characters out of Soul Wars, the Lord Arcanum and Griff Charger, and the Evocator Prime. Um, don't know how much these are. I'm going to guess not on the super cheap side, based they on never, the... Uh... They never are, are they, these, um, these models? No. And they're, yeah, they're still cool models, aren't they? Yeah. But um, I my, my little hint would be, if you want them, have a look on eBay this week. I uh, yesterday you could get the um, the guy in the Griff Charger for like three quid. Give it a couple of days, and you ain't gonna be able to get it that cheap anymore. I don't think. No. So that's my that's my sneaky hint this week. Also on the other side we've got Uruk Warclans, the uh, the new battle tome containing the Cruel Boys and refresh stuff for all the Uruks. I know you're super excited for this one as well, Dave. I'm super excited for both, but this one slightly edges it because um, I love my Uruks for uh, Age of Sigma. It's a real treat for me um, Saturday when these pre-orders go up because I love both armies, um, so I'm really looking forward to getting hold of both. Um, but in particular, the Auric War clans, seeing what they've done with the Big War, seeing if they've you know changed a lot of the core units, uh, and seeing what the Cruel, cruel Boys are like as, as their own sort of mono-faction. Mm. Well, there's about the same for £30. There's the War Scroll cards for £20. There's also two new models from alongside it. The Breaker Boss on uh, Maya Brute Trog- Trogoth, which is a really cool model. With these kind of two clubs and his kind of belly plate with a big leering face on it, and the uh, the beast skewer Kilbo, which um, I imagine will be popular for taking down dragons. Absolutely, <laughs> it looks so cool as well. That is twenty one pounds, which to be fair, that's what I kind of thought that the chariot would be priced at, mm. because it doesn't can say on here, but I've got a feeling all four of these kits are going to be push fit just based on the release schedule from Indomitus last year, where they had the box. The books. They had four kits that were push fit, followed by the main wave of all the multi parts. That stuff. um, that that uh, trog. If that's if that's um, push fit, that's very impressive. Yeah, I mean, there's no reason why it can't be. And I might be completely off the mark, and they're not. But just get a feeling. Just get a feeling. These four kits might be push fit, but we'll see. Close to the time when they uh, when they come out. There's also a whole stack of dice coming for Age of Sigma. Six sets in total. Stormcast. Uruks, Order, Chaos, Death and Destruction. They are £20 each and they are rather attractive. Yeah, they are nice. I really like the blue Order ones with a little Order kind of like star symbol. The yeah. Destruction ones very much lean into Ogres with like the teeth motif. <laughs> teeth motif. <laughs> teeth motif, yeah. So, so they're really nice. A whole load of them. For Blood Bowl fans, we also have Dark Elf pitch cards and dice. £28, 16 and £12.50 respectively. Um, there uh, for the Blood Bowl stuff, I'm a bit disappointed that with for the last year really we've just had kind of pitches and card decks, haven't we? We haven't had any new kind of plastic kits really. The Necro, uh, what's it team were the last ones we had, weren't they? The uh, the Undead back last yeah. Halloween, weren't they? Yeah. So yeah, it's it's been a while. So hopefully we see some new uh, some new teams for them soon. 
Over on Forge World, we've got a couple of cool new models, though. The Ultramarine Praetors for Horus Heresy that look absolutely gorgeous. Now, I'm not yeah. really an Ultramarines fanboy, but these are really nice models. Yeah, I, I really like these guys. I'm, I, 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 I'm resistant. These are the models that sort of make you want to start an Ultramarines 30k army, but I'm not going to start an Ultramarines 30k army. But I am tempted to pick these models up just to paint because I do think they're really, really nice. And I've seen some um, comparisons of the new Imperial Fist Praetors against um, the, the older Marines and, and even some of the Primaris stuff. And they're massive. They are like Primaris scaled, which is yeah. really interesting. Um, so, yeah, I think I think they're up for pre-order on Friday. So I mean, we're heading to Warhammer World on Wednesday. I'm hoping to pick up a pack of the Imperial Fist Praetors. And I think I will be pre-ordering the Ultramarines ones as well on on Friday. Be so normally, cool. We normally have the next week's releases in the cabinet by the till, don't they? So we might be able to get a sneaky look oh, at them as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a. I'm, I'm so hyped about Horus Hersey. <laughs> I mean, there's there's another model with it. They technically got an ultramarine on. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> our girl Tal, the the first of the Galvor Brack, the um the, the possessed essentially of the the word bearers. Yeah, oh, this model's so good. Really kind of grisly looking model. He's got big wings sprouting from his back. There's a kind of ultramarine that's been torn into with all his entrails spilling out all over the base. I'm going to have to paint this model, guys. Yeah, yeah he, he suits um, all your armies, Matt. Is he up for pre-order? Is, is he up for pre-order on Friday? He's pre-order on Friday. Oh, wow, yeah. yeah. Oh, man, yeah, you've got to grab him. So yeah, really, really cool. He might be the precursor of a of a word bearer heresy army that materializes at some point in the future. Yeah. Speaking of Forge World though, if you are planning on spending a lot from Forge World, it might be an idea to do it via the website and not via the store. Because for every hundred pounds that you spend between now and the twenty seventh of September, you get entered into a draw to win a Warlord Titan. A forty K scale Warlord Titan with your choice of weapon options. So yeah. That's pretty cool. I mean, you, you, your chances of winning it are going to be low, but, you know, you never know. It's worth a punt, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, I'd love a war. I don't know where I'd put a warlord Titan, but I'd love to build a warlord. I was talking to our local Games Workshop um, manager the other day. They've opened a new store on Tottenham Court Road. I don't know if you've seen it on Warhammer yeah. Community. It, it's, it's like a, a store plus. So it's not Warhammer World. It's not got like a massive gaming centre, but they sell Forge World stuff there. And apparently they? they took they took a Warlord tit- a couple of Warlord Titans down there, you know, just in case anybody was interested. Sold out. Sold them all. I suppose it's like, you know, it's not every day you can buy Forge World stuff uh, in a shop. No, so, but that's, that's yeah. very, very interesting because that would be the third, well... Outside of the uh, the Warhammer Cafe in in uh, Texas, I believe it is mm. in Warhammer World, they had not sold Forge World stuff in store. So I wonder if that's testing the water. There you go. I'll Especially if back. you know there was a new Heresy edition coming up, and that'd make Forge World really popular. Who yeah. knows? Well, I'll report back back to you guys because uh, I'll actually be in London this coming weekend, so I want to pop in uh, and have a have a have a nose. Excellent. Well, keeping on the Forge World hype train. Uh, we've seen a new model unveiled for Necromunda, the Stig Shambler. This is really cool. It's had, it's had rules in the books for a while, but essentially it's a big mutant with a guy on top with a uh, flame or an auto. Yeah, not an auto, again, heavy stubber on top. Uh, really, really cool model. The uh, the Cordora 
are a strange one. Religious fanatics who uh, believe they're in the embodiment of, I don't know, custodies and the like. I guess this guy probably thinks that he's a jet bike or something. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, really, really ace model. And uh, yeah, my redemptionists might have to add one to their to their force. And then for Blood Bowl, we saw a new star player, uh, Wilhelm Cheney, a werewolf, catching a ball in his mouth because, of course, he is. <laughs> So, I like I like I really like the werewolf. I I don't know I don't know if the the um the corridor model is just a bit too weird. Don't know. Can't make my mind up. <laughs> it is definitely it is definitely on the weird side. So so yeah, but that's um that's pretty cool. I uh I, I'm liking that we are getting a drip of uh, blood blood uh, bar models, even if they are all kind of resin star players. For Warhammer Plus, we've got a light week again. So there are two shows coming up on warhammer plus this week from the 8th of september uh the first episode of law masters uh, featuring abaddon the despoiler so wade will be taking us through the history of abaddon and, and a load of info about him i'm interested to know how long these law master shows are because you could easily fill a nice half hour show about abaddon couldn't you you could yeah, yeah. Uh, there's some uh, um you need to read those but legion trilogy well there's only two books out this free at the moment but there's there's so much callback on on abaddon yeah so so that's one of the two episodes that's coming to warhammer plus uh, this week the other one is episode three of angels of death so there's still a distinct lack of um hammer who <laughs> 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 said for the last few weeks um in the vault we've got wrath of magnus which came out seventh edition maybe and the april may and june 21 issues of white dwarf so you know we've got some fairly recent white dwarf episodes in there now so that's that's good to see mm. um I, I do think it's a bit of a light week again though no battle yeah. report no painting tutorial so it'll be interesting to see what kind of this... rate they come out yeah i i mean for the battle reports they need to be rattling them out i think there needs to be a battle report up every week at least um yeah it's a bit, a bit I, I was i was hoping for at least one battle report a week but yeah it makes sense wouldn't it with the new releases because then you can showcase for the yeah. stuff that's been released wouldn't it well this is it they featured the orcs last week i was really expecting a cruel boys versus stormcast battle report yeah. featuring some of the new units but yeah. you know maybe we'll see that next week but yeah it's a bit strange and the same with the painting tutorials the, the the criticism was at the start that is there enough content to justify the cost while the stuff's been really good we have had arguably this week and, and last week have been a bit on the quiet side compared to the launch week the um i think the only other way to look at it and we discussed this last week is that not take it by week by week but review it as a month because when you yeah. have these subscription services a lot of the content comes on and off m- monthly i think once we've had the first month of, ex- of of like content added, then we can safely sort of review if it's been a month worthwhile of the subscription. But it does feel right now a little bit light. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Obviously, some things may have been delayed with the delay of the Stormcast and the Uruk books, maybe. And obviously, Wade hasn't been very well. He's been in hospital for the last couple of months, so that's probably delayed the Law Master content a little bit. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. I've got no complaints for the service so far. I enjoyed the shows that they put up last week. I thought they were they were a good watch. The Orc Battle Report, the, the Black Power Armor tutorial was really good. Uh, you couldn't paint an army like that, but maybe a showpiece model. Yeah. 
um so yeah it's 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 been good it's been good and angels of death is ace episode two way better than episode one and we also have a last little bit of uh news for mr duncan rhodes so tomorrow on kickstarter at 2 p.m uk time he is launching his paint range uh it goes by the name of two thin coats because of course it does and uh yeah that's it's 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 interesting to see what happens with this it's a range of 60 paints there are six washes six metallics that apparently are really metallic and then the rest of the paints um we split into 18 groups of three paints so there'll be a, spe- a specific paint to do your shade colors a kind of a paint for your kind of mid-tone and then a highlight paint all tied together to make it really easy to know what paint kind of works as a highlight over each other mm-hmm. which to be fair i'd kind of prefer if games workshop did that rather than knowing oh well do, what red does wasdaka red highlight sometimes you have to kind of like google it or look in the app mm-hmm. so these will be specific kind of triads of colors that work together so more on that when we get it uh, obviously there's a lot of competition paint wise uh, i imagine duncan's been quite heavily involved in the uh, design of these so yeah interested to see what comes of this Excellent stuff. Yeah, I look forward to checking that out. Uh, interested in taking the Kickstarter as well. I think it's a, it's a really good business idea, that, um, especially with paints. Excellent. Um, that wraps up this week's news. I think it's time to talk, start talking about some Orcs. So we'll be right back. It's time to pass... Everybody over to the war boss himself. Andy, you've got the new codex in your hands. Tell us all about it. Okay, uh, we're jumping straight into it. First off, the artwork on the front of a book has to be my favourite artwork for any of the Night Edition codexes so far. Uh, it, is, it is really cool. I've got the I've got the collector's edition out of the um, out of the uh, what are they called? Like, I've got the limited edition one out of the Beast Snagger box, and if I'm honest, I actually prefer the cover of the standard one. Yeah, it, it does. It does look nice. I think there's something about just a Warhammer 40k logo and how it goes with the rest of the artwork that looks really nice. But yeah, it. it I mean, it's a stunning codex. It's kind of what we expect from all the Ninth Edition codexes now, isn't it? Like great artwork and stuff. Um, the layout's been really nice in them all as well. Yeah, um, I mean, the Codex um, obviously goes into the history of the Orcs um, a little bit, it kind of explains um, what Orc Orcs um, like ecosystem is, how the different cultures work. Um, uh, obviously, the Beastnaggers being like the new boys on the block. Um, when I was doing my uh, write-up for the site, which you can check out on spiritsandbrews.com, um, I was... Um, in there, I came up. Um, I thought about the, the Beastie Boys, and it took, me, Boys. it took me so long writing that review to come up with that um, that connection. But yeah, so you got the a two page spread on the uh, the new Beast Snaggers, which is really cool. Um, you've obviously got um, a load of uh, stuff on all the, the vehicles and all you know the speed freaks and why they love going faster and all this sort of stuff, or should I say? going faster like an orc would say um you've obviously got uh, a big emphasis again on the different tribes and the cultures and all this sort of stuff um and then it jumps into like a unit breakdown um that we've seen in 
you know, every other codex, obviously, Gazgul Fracker um, gets um, what has to be my favourite piece of artwork in the entire codex. It's absolutely gorgeous. Um, and we get a bit of background on him and Armageddon. Um, and, of course, um, more recently, what he was doing when he was fighting Ragnar Blackmane. Um, mm. So there's um, a lot of cool stuff like that. Obviously, it goes into the clans and special characters and units and all that sort of stuff, which I haven't quite got through all of it yet because there's a lot in there. But, yeah, everything that I've read so far has been it's been great fun. And obviously, you can tell by the way I talk like an orc every now and again. <laughs> but it's, it, it's definitely a, a cool codex. Um, and then... Obviously, like jumping into rules, um, they've done the, the typical standard thing where you're only allowed one war boss, uh, war boss, war boss per detachment, um, mm. and then a war trike. Which... which I don't think I don't think it's a massive detriment to the orc book because the way it's built, really, you want multiple detachments of different clans to get all the benefits. So you kind of get that ragtag feel of an orc army that way. Yeah, I mean, we've been chatting, haven't we, about doing. 1000 point groups of all the different cultures and clans and stuff mm. um i came up with um, a 1000 point um dread mob um with some killer can death dreads and a uh, a coconut um and yeah i think built army wise i think this is one of those armies that you can build probably about eight six or seven different types of armies and it's all very different yeah um I mean, jumping into the clans, um, I really like the Goths. Um, I think they're my favourite. Um, they get sort of like a nuke ability where in close combat, if they roll a six to hit, it generates an extra hit. Um, and then you get like um, the, the Stratagem, which basically does the same thing, but it does it on fives rather than sixes. Um, but all of the clans um, sort of encourage different types of units and different builds. I mean, Bad Moons are basically like the equivalent of Goths, but instead of sh- combat, it's shooting. Um, so it all depends on sort of like how you want to build your list as to which culture you you go down the route. I know, Matt, you're obviously a big fan of the Speed Freaks, aren't you? I am. So well, the, the way I play Orcs is get lots of big, loud vehicles, drive them as f- fast as possible into the face of your opponent, then unleash hell with a load of Dakar. And uh, the Evil Sun's culture, you get plus one movement to all your entire army, plus two if the Speed Freaks, that's all your vehicles getting plus two movements. Um, you get plus one to advance, and you don't get the penalty for firing assault weapons when you advance. Now, arguably, that's less good because a lot of your vehicles have got DACA weapons rather than assault weapons. But there's certain vehicles where you can take advantage of that and just go screaming forward, you know, 20 inches in turn one and just open up on something. So, yeah, it's uh, it, it, like you say, each of the different clans, you could feasibly put together a different feeling army for each of them. And I think the way orcs look on the battlefield, I don't think it it looks wrong having little clumps of different clans all, you know, assembled under the banner of a war boss. Yeah, I mean, the, the book, the, the Codex really does two things. Um, it really helps your orcs get across the table and it really makes them hit hard in combat. Mm. Um, and, you know, again, looking at the different cultures, obviously, like you said, with Evil Sons, you, you know, your vehicles 
get faster. You know, it helps her get across the table and stuff. Um, and obviously, like goths and stuff, hit harder in combat. So, you know, playing around with the different cultures, I think, is going to be going to be really cool. Um, then we get specialist mobs, and this for me is awesome because it, it's kind of it combines that narrative with that match play aspect and some of the stuff in here is you know it's all a bit nothing's over the top it's all quite fun you know there's one that gives um like gorkonauts and death dreads and stuff like that plus one to hit in combat it's like okay that's great um there's another one which gives um gretchen um the ability to um have objectives secured because they don't normally get it um which again is you know really funny and then we got sort of stuff that helps um you know burner boys and commandos and all this sort of stuff um and we also get the same sort of thing with vehicles so we get custom jobs now unlike the uh specialist mobs custom jobs you actually have to pay points for kind of like um especially in captains and um, uh, yeah. stuff yeah the great knights had like the um visions of the prescient and the um the gifts of the Orgorium, or if it's called the Emperor. Um, yeah, I know what you mean. Like, just a little, like, I don't, well, in the Grey Knights Code, it's the, like one use sort of buffs, but in the Space Marines one, they are like, um, they're a bit more substantial, like Chief Apothecary reduces the strat, uh, CP cost on certain stratagems and things like that. Yeah, so we, we get the, the similar sort of thing with um, custom jobs, but the custom jobs are, are, are really just for like vehicles and stuff. So you get like, um, um fortress on wheels which gives a truck or a wagon a five plus and vulnerable save i may or may not have uh, put that in my list for this weekend uh, this uh, trip to <laughs> oh wow well, well you see in crusade your custom jobs and your specialist mobs you have to unlock over the course of a crusade oh of course you gotta use scrap and stuff what, what i really like about this stuff as well the kind of like narrative for each of these so that the shock jump dragster as we know is pretty much equipped with a flux capacitor that allows it to jump through time and space. Now, the standard version of that, there's a good chance that you take mortal wounds as it's been dragged into the warp because that kind of thing, <laughs> it's probably not the greatest idea. So they've got a gyroscopic whirly gig, which essentially makes the entire car light up really bright so that Gork and or Mork can spot it getting lost in the warp and give it a nudge back in the right direction. <laughs> uh, or, or the Rucker Truck Squig Buggy. Um, they can choose to have the crew feed the squigs nitrous oxide to make them more lethal. Just ridiculous stuff like that, but it works for the orcs, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. Yeah, in, in sort of other codexes, you kind of have to you've got that logical sense but with the orcs they just completely throw that out of the window that's one of the things one of the aspects that i really like about orcs is they are a fun sort of like you know from a from a narrative point of view and they're also i imagine i haven't actually played a game with them yet but i imagine they're going to be quite fun on the tabletop as well and um one of the ways to you know make them even more fun or make any army in 40k more fun is with stratagems um, so this book has a, a, a decent amount of stratagems. I think it's got like 26, 27 stratagems. And we get everything from um, uh, the, the teleporter stratagem. We can deep strike uh, units in your army. You can even deep strike transports. And units that are embarked on the transports come with them through a teleporter. Um, and then there's the other stratagems like 
more Dakar, which, um, as we talked about, well, in the in review, we talked about um, the Dakar rules. So a lot of weapons now have changed to um, Dakar 3-2, for example. And what that means is when you're at half range, you get that first value, which is always higher. And then when you're at long range, you get that second value. So like a big shooter will be like Dakar 5-3, for example. Well, the more Dakar stratagem always counts a unit as being within short range. So with units like um, uh, your looters and stuff, you know, they are Dakar 3-2 with strength 7 and damage 2 shots. So spending that CP on a big unit of looters, um, you, you're definitely going to see sort of more return from your units and stuff. Um, and then obviously um, there's other ones for mega knobs, flash kits, you know, unit specific ones, which all give them um, a little bit of a, a, a buff in the game. And yeah. for me, there's a there's a lot of units in 40k that you kind of look at and you're like, it looks okay in paper, but then there's a stratagem for like one command point that just you know gives it like reroll wounds or something like that, and it just you know makes that unit more enjoyable. Um, one of my um, one of my favourite ones is the Snagger Grapple. So I've obviously been looking at B Snagger Boys because they're cool, and uh, this lets you if any unit apart from Titanic unit, if you've got a B Snagger Boy unit near them, uh, two CP on four plus that unit cannot fall back as they basically throw nets and stuff over them. <laughs> Which is so beast snagger, isn't it? That's it is. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, so, yeah, so we, we obviously get a decent amount of stratagems. Uh, Wallow traits. Um, there's uh, three tables, one for normal orcs, beast snaggers, and speed freaks. Um, uh, pretty much standard stuff on here. There's stuff that increases the aura range. Um, there's stuff that uh, makes your warlord more survivable. Um, adds more attacks, that sort of stuff. Um, is there any that really stood out to you, Matt? I mean, obviously, I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm a speed freak, so I like get up in their faces. They're able to shoot after they fall back. Yeah. Oh, like Ultramarines. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, kind of like Ultramarines, except we do it better. Yeah. So, um, and then, obviously, um, we get psychic disciplines. We get ones for... Uh, the Weird Boy and one for the Word Boy, which is the new Beast Snagger equivalent. Wow, and there's there's other ways to take those Beast Head Discipline ones, as I'm sure we'll see later on in the review. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, you've got your typical spells. You've got the, um, uh, the d- uh, Dad Jump, um, which allows you to teleport units. You've got Warpath, which gives you more attacks. Again, stuff that the Orcs need. The psychic disciplines do. Um, the beast herd um, typically, you know, helps your beast snagger units, um, does mortal wounds, you know, leadership stuff, that that, that sort of stuff. Um, out of the two, I, I probably prefer the, the the generic weird boy one, if I'm being honest. But the the beast snagger one is still still good and. I think if you've got a if you're a beast snagger kind of themed army, they really work. Like Spirit of Gork, for example, adds one to all your kind of squig attacks, but also any uh, wounds of six do mortal wounds in addition to normal damage. So if you have a big blob of like six squig hog boys, throw that on them, they get like a million attacks, and the sixes are doing mortal wounds on top. Makes that a really nasty unit. Yeah, and, and one of the units that really stands out in the codex is the kill rig, which is a new big. Um, beast snagger 
battle wagon equivalent and that comes with a were boy on the back of it so the chances are you're going to have some beast nagger psychers in your list even if you don't necessarily take an army of beast naggers you're probably going to have some of those kill rigs in your list yeah and a lot of those spells it can use on itself because the kill rig for some reason it's the best shooting option in the game it's probably the best combat option in the book it's a psychic it's a character it's also a transport it's also a vehicle which is really tough i, I don't know why you wouldn't take one or three of them yeah and and points wise some of it Spoilers, it's 190 points, which... It's, it's definitely yeah. not points next time, points get changed, but uh, even if it was 100 points more, it'd still be amazing. Yeah, I, I've written um, uh, a few Orc lists, and uh, the Beast Nagel one has two of these in the list, and then I put the um, uh, the other one, not the Kill Rig... Oh, the but, Transport version. Yeah, the Hunter Rig. Yeah, I put the Hunter Rig in just to have like a third um a, a different one that and at a thousand points um obviously you can only duplicate units or data sheets <laughs> twice can't you so uh, otherwise i'd probably take a third one uh, kill rigs at 100 points you evil evil man i know i'm an orc player that's what we do um relics um again surprisingly enough there wasn't actually that many relics in this codex um don't get me wrong, when we talk about the uh, Crusades stuff, um, you don't get a lot of quantity, but you do get a lot of quality. And the same thing with the relics. Um, you know, we get the super cyborg body, infantry body only. You get a four plus invulnerable save. And whenever an attack is allocated to this model, you half the damage characteristic. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, which is which is really good at keeping um, your war boss. Or I mean, you're probably going to put this on your your war boss your, and your warlord um, to keep him alive and stuff. But yeah, just having stuff like that. I mean, we saw in the Thousand Suns Codex, didn't we, where you could only allocate half of your attacks to yeah, the model. That's right. So yeah, seeing stuff like that on again, like orc, you know, war boss for example is you know toughness six with you know six wounds or something along those lines. So giving him that four plus and vulnerable save is is huge. Um, obviously, we get um, you know uh, power claws and stuff like that. You got Dakila claw, <clears throat> pardon me, Dakila claw, which is basically um, uh, a power fist or a power claw uh, that doesn't suffer the minus one to hit, has better AP and better damage and stuff. Um, again, there's a stratagem that gives you an extra relic if you want it, um, and you know looking at some of them. Um, some of them are, are, are awesome. There's um, the dead shiny shooter, which you know just sounds orky to me. Which is Dagger uh, fourteen <laughs> mental. Yeah, attack of fourteen, ten, strength five, minus one, two damage. You know, I mean, uh, and it's a, a model quick with um, a custom shooter as well. So I think you can give a custom shooter to the big mechs. I think. Um, who have a slightly better ballistic skill, which, you know, is obviously bizarre for an orc, but, um, you know, it's really cool. I mean, you get one for a psyker, you get, um, you, you only get one for a beast snagger, which I was quite surprised at, to be honest with you, especially with them being sort of like the new big push with orcs. I would have expected like maybe two or three, but. Yeah, and, and, and there's, a little, there's a little caveat in here that vehicles can't take them because. 
if you could give that B-side mantle to a kill rig, plus one to the bearer's attacks, and on a five or six, whenever it suffers a wound, it's not lost, would be just horrific, and you'd lose all friends that you have. Thankfully, vehicles can't take him. But the kill yeah. rig is a character for any other kind of uh, keyword shenanigans that you've got. Yeah, so, yeah, but, but like I said, the, the relics are good in quality, but I, I would have liked one or two more, just a little bit more. Um, and then we've got the chapter approved rules. So these are all, yeah, like um, uh, themed specific secondary objectives. Um, I like them, but I think the secondaries that you get in chapter approved are probably a bit more. Um, Reliable, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, my my favourite one is the biggest and the best, um, which basically you um, you achieve it if your orc warlord does um, certain things. So one of them is to kill a monster or vehicle, another one is to kill a character, and another one is to kill five or more models. But the thing that really holds it back is you score three points for each one of those things you do but you can only score a maximum of five. Yeah. But for me, it really gives you something for your war boss to focus on. And for me, my play style is if I look at a game and think, oh, you know, I I, I can't win. I'm going to be up against it. You know, it's going to be a difficult game for me to win. What can I do to get some enjoyment out of the game? And looking at like stratagems like that or, or secondaries like that, for me, really gives you something to push for. You know, just yeah. trying to get two or three out of those um, uh, objectives again is, you know, it's, it's great fun and it's one of the things that got me super pumped to play this codex. Yeah, uh, I, I reckon you could easily get a couple of them a turn. Yeah, it caps out at five per turn, but over the course of the game, if you've got a particularly tooled up warlord, you could probably get a fair few easy points there. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, uh, I mean, they're nice, they're cool, I like them. Um, the chapter proved, you know, the secondaries are always a bit swingy, aren't they? Some codexes mm. get really good ones and others don't, so it's always a bit, you know, up in the air. But, yeah, the, the Orc ones, um, again, very themed, very nice. Um, and then we've got the Crusade content. So, Orcs are, how, how should we put it? They're very, they like to fight and they like to build things. And this crusade rules really builds upon those two things. So when you pick an orc crusade army, you pick the boss, (laughs) the leader of your crusade army. I know. It, it's orcs. I love orcs. <laughs> um, so you pick a war boss to be the leader of your army. However, if another orc character gains more renown than your war boss, they have to fight in order to work out who is in charge of the uh, of the clan. Which is genius, isn't it? That's a yeah. really good idea. So when, when you add a new character into your roster, you've got to be careful that you know, maybe you don't always use it, and you know, just in case. So yeah, going for things like that, obviously, it's turn. You know, it, it goes through the challenge and gives you like a almost like a mini game for you to do uh, to determine the the winner and the loser, and you know, the the effects of that. 
Yeah, and the effects were pretty bad. You, the loser will get a battle scar, and that could include you dying. So you need to be <laughs> super careful. You don't end up getting your general killed by this little upstart who's uh, taking him on in a fight. I mean, if your to general be fair, gets though, killed by a little upstart, then he doesn't this is deserve it. Is it, 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 it even the general? So yeah, but yeah, but factor that into your plans because yeah, you may well lose your characters. <laughs> Yeah, and then going into it, you know, we've got agendas, um, we've got requisitions and stuff like this, but ultimately the, the the Orcs want scrap, you know, they want to build stuff, they they want to go for it. So um, you can get uh, the agendas basically give you uh, an alternative way of getting scrap, but the the general way is by destroying Orc vehicles, uh, not Orc vehicles, so your your enemy vehicles. However if they explode, you don't get any scrap. So they've put in um, agendas, and agendas will give you sort of um, some of them will give you sort of like more scrap and and more experience and that sort of stuff. Um, And then obviously like your requisitions and stuff, you know, this is where you can upgrade stuff to have um, you know, specialist mobs and custom jobs and that sort of stuff. Um, But yeah, the, the Crusade stuff um like everything i mean obviously on this podcast we're we're big fans of the crusade stuff aren't we so um seeing stuff like this in in the in the codex gets me excited especially considering we're going to be playing um the crusade stuff uh in the next few days so yeah, yeah. I, I like that you, you know you, you can't put those upgrades on your roster from the start but it's not going to take you many games to accrue enough scrap to give your vehicles custom jobs or mech implants and all that kind of cool stuff and that's a fun way of doing it it's like a nice reward for i don't know if you fight my army andy and take out all my vehicles you're probably going to get quite a bit of scrap to kit out your vehicles yeah it's a nice little nice little mechanic isn't it yeah and and this is the stuff isn't it with crusade it's all it's built around the narrative of your army and it really expands upon that and gives you a lot of ways of customizing your armies and that sort of stuff and yeah the, the crusade stuff really really does do that um so after the crusade stuff we get the sort of like the generic rules for orcs obviously explain stacker weapons which we've already talked about and then we get the sort of like generic rules so we've got here we go which is uh you can reroll charge rolls for this unit and now obviously orcs you know they want to get into combat they want a good scrap Having a rule that gives you a reroll charge on like, literally everything with the here we go special rule. It's great. You know, it's awesome. Um, Ramshackle, you know, anything that's strength eight or higher, you subtract one from damage, which is great. And then Beast Snaggers. Beast Snaggers get their own unique rule, which is um, when they attack a vehicle or monster, you add one to the attack's hit roll. Now, interestingly enough, it doesn't specify melee or shooting, which I've only just picked up on. So, yeah, looking at vehicles and monsters and stuff, the beast snaggers are going to be your hunters. They're going to be the ones going for it. And you they- know what you've got in the army that's also got a really big gun on it that could do with plus one to hit? Oh, it's the Kilrig again. <laughs> so I thought you were going to save a stomper then. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, all uh, beast snaggers also get a six plus and vulnerable save. Which is nice because when you look at um, the Snagger boys and regular boys, really the only difference is sort of like war gear. And I think the B Snaggers get like um, an extra point of strength. But 
obviously this rule gives them a little bit more uh, um, a little bit more difference to the regular boys and another reason to take them. However, you know what? You know what? That also gives the kill rig a six plus invulnerable save as well. Yeah, because it has got the beast snag keyword. Yeah, so I, again, I, I think we're big fans. Me and Matt are big fans. Of <laughs> um, but the last special rule, or last unique rule for the army, is the. I feel so sorry for Dave editing this later. <laughs> <laughs> so if your warlord is a war boss, which is very important, and he is alive on the battlefield or unboxed on a transport, you can declare a war in your command phase. Now, the war does two things. In the first turn, the turn that you declare it, it gives all units, all orc core units and character units can charge even if they advanced, which, again, is awesome because, again, it gets your orc core and characters across the table and it gets her into combat easier. But it also gives them plus one to the attack characteristic. So there are obviously certain units that, um, can generate um, extra hits or you know you make three hits rather than one for certain weapons and stuff like that so that's why the attack carries and not just plus one attack but again it makes orcs get into combat easier and hit harder which is what really what this codex does very well um, now there is a speed war which I'm going to put Matt on the spot here and uh, yeah. ask Matt to read this one because I haven't read this one so, so if you if 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 you're a rubbish orc and you're just on foot, yeah, you can call a normal war. But if you're a proper orc and you're in a vehicle, you call a speed war. Now you can only do that if you are a um in your what's it called death killer war trike. And essentially, what this does is um mean that your entire army doesn't suffer the penalty for firing assault weapons when they advance, which arguably the evil sons already have. However. It also gives all your orc vehicles and orc bikers an additional shot with all their DAC weapons, and it improves the armor penetration of all your weapons by one, which is really good. And then turn two, the um, the extra attacks drops off, but you still get the plus one AP. So that's two turns of extra AP on all your vehicles' weapons, which is uh, which is pretty good. You know, yeah, especially some of those weapon, the vehicles uh, tooled out with some of the uh, particularly nasty weapons. Like, for example, our old favourite, the um, the kill rig, the the Wur Tower becomes an assault to strength nine AP minus four D six damage weapon of ridiculousness in a speed war. Yeah, so yeah, there's two different again, like the cultures. Even the unique special rules are tailored to how you want to play the army to different units. And again, that really encourages, you know, different builds and stuff. And again, with this codex, that's kind of a beauty of it. You know, you could do 8000 points of orcs and quite happily run five or six different armies. And again, the, you know, the unique rules and stuff like this give that a little bit of extra flavor. Um, jumping into the data sheets, obviously, there's a lot. <laughs> so I'm not going to go through all of them, but um, you know, just a, a few things to jump out. You know, big mechs are now ballistic skill four, which is great because I keep looking at the big mech with a shock attack gun and thinking, I want one of those in my army. Well, uh, yeah. Now in Crusade, you can also give them the souped-up shocker. So big uh, shock attack guns 
orcs don't know how they work, but essentially they open up a, a portal to the warp and fire snotlings through them at super speed. Um, a, a certain Big Mac decided, you know what? I want to poke at this a bit with a spanner and make this hole in reality even bigger to fire more snotlings. And definitely nothing can go wrong doing so. <laughs> and it becomes ridiculous. 72 inch range, heavy 2d3, strength 2d6 plus one, AP minus five, damage six. <laughs> I mean, if that hits, then yeah, it's gonna and, hurt. And he's hitting on four plus now, which is like, okay, that's pretty good on, was it, two d three shots? Yeah, yeah, but that's not too bad, you know. Especially if you're playing, you know, larger point games and stuff like this, and your opponents get imperialites and stuff. Being able to do like half the, you know, total number of wounds, or even potentially just one shot in a night, yeah. is hilarious. I mean, being orcs, that is very swingy. It might do nothing, but if if the dice gods smile on you, you could take out, like you say, like a knight or something with a shock attack gun. Yeah, it's, like, it's yeah, it, yeah, it, 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 the Big Macs, like, again, I've written lists with Big Macs and stuff in it, and yeah, they're, they're so characterful. Um, I mean, moving on, we've got like the war boss in Mega Rama, which is the, the new big boss. Um, apart from like an extra rune and a better armor save, it's very similar to a normal war boss. Um, now don't get me wrong I've ordered the combat patrol box and I think of all the new models that have come out he is my favourite looking model yeah um, and then we've got um, through the book. obviously we've still got the death killer war trike you know again if you want to go for speed freaks he's your war boss he's the guy you pick um, yeah, I, guess, I guess for speed freaks he, he, he is your war boss pretty much there's not really much in the way of other options you can do there but you know it, it's a cool model yeah, and then they've introduced, obviously, um, all the Beast Nagger stuff. So we, we got quite a bit for the um, Beast Nagger stuff. We got, like, the Beast Boss on foot. We got the Beast Boss on Squigosaur, which I'm sorry, I've fallen in love with. It's awesome. Um, and then we got the Pain Boss, which is, like, your HQ version of a Pain Boy, but for Beast Naggers. And then you've got Zod Grod Wartsnagger, who featured in the um, Beast Nugger, um big box. Um, he's in there. Again, he's he's pretty cool. He's a Beast Nagger as well, which is great. Um, we've got the Word Boy, which is the Beast Nagger Psyker on foot. Um, and then we've got Mops, Rog, Scrag, Bad. I'm butchering these names, but I love it. Um, who's the name character of the uh, Beast Boss on Squigasaur. Again, he's super awesome. He's, he's uh, a bit good, isn't he? He's, he's toughness seven, nine wounds, three plus save, four plus invulnerable save. Every time he gets allocated damage to him, you deduct one from the damage. It's going to be so hard to kill these orcs. Yeah, and and speaking of hard to kill, all of the orcs in this codex now are at least at least toughness five. Now that might not seem like a big deal initially, but when you consider a lot of small arms fire are strength three or strength four. You've effectively made all of those guns minus one to wound orcs, mm. which again really helps them get across that table. Now, if you happen to play Drukari, then obviously you don't care about the toughness and you're still winning on fours. But for every other army in the game, it makes a big deal. Um, yeah. and I'm so I, I think that's an interesting change for rather than just increasing the wounds characteristic they've done for like space marines and stuff 
it's a different way of going about it. It makes them harder to kill without just whacking another wound on. Yeah, and I I kind of like the direction they've gone with the toughness rather than wounds, because I think if wounds had gone up to two, then, you know, seeing big units of 30 orc boys, that's probably all you would take, just because that's so many wounds to go through. But being toughness five, yeah, they're harder to wound, but, you know, they're still not... You're not going to see 150 orc boys running towards you every single game, which is great. Um, Obviously, they've got uh, the new Beast Nega Boys, which is your new third troop choice. Um, Again, I I look at these guys and I think if you're going for a themed list, I really like them. Um, They're very similar to orc boys and I know they've got the six plus invulnerable save, which is great. We've got a plus one take against um, monsters and vehicles and stuff. But I kind of wouldn't. Yeah. I I like them, but I kind of like normal orc boys just a little bit more. Yeah, um, I mean, the beast tigers have got an extra point of strength as well. Yeah, so uh, they're cool. Again, I've I've put them in lists that are. You know, beast snagger centric or snake bike centric because they they, they they fit that theme that they fit that theme quite well. Um, I mean, we've still got um, you know burner boys. Uh, interesting thing about these now, you can't just have units of five burners. You have to have what's called a spanner, which is like the mech, um, which is a nice, interesting change. Um, Mega knobs. Um, again, I've got some mega knobs in my list that I'm bringing this weekend. So yeah, seeing them with uh, free wounds, free attacks, toughness five and strength five. Yeah, I, I I could quite happily do an army of uh, mega knobs. Um, then we're jumping into like kind of speed freak stuff, like shock jump dragsters, doom decker, snails wagons, all this sort of stuff. Um, again, if you're going down the speed freak route. You're gonna have multiples of these. Um, yeah, all all the speed freak stuff has massively improved. They can be taken in units of one to three now, so you can really go all in on the vehicles. They're generally tougher because they've all got the ramshackle rule, which basically reduces one from damage taken to them. All their weapons are much much better. They they are in a really good place. You can easily do a, a list of entirely vehicles now. Yeah, and and again, this is like the, the, the great thing about the orc characters is just the variety that you can do um i mean we've got the new squig hog boys and the squig hog uh knob on smasher squig um which all come in the same box which is great value because you buy two of them and that basically gives you um two of these knobs on smasher squigs and two boxes uh two boxes of squig hog boys now these guys i look at them and the best way i can describe them is they are primary space marine killers these guys will rinse through Primaris Marines like there's no tomorrow. Whereas you look at your normal Orc boys, they're probably um, best suited for killing uh, regular stuff. You know, they will chip away at Primaris and stuff. Um, But yeah, the the Squig Hog boys, um, for me, really jumped out, especially at like Incursion 1000 point games as being really good uh, Primaris killers. Um, And Death Copters. We finally got plastic death copters. Yes. You know, after after years of waiting, we finally got plastic death copters. And looking at them, they do not disappoint. 
Um, yeah, we've got a, a, a really cool rule, which is the big red button, which is when they advance the auto go six rather than going, uh, then rolling uh, two D uh, rolling the D six and the movement fourteen. So twenty inches up the board, you know that that's super cool. They've got the um, copter rockets, which are heavy two D three. Yeah, I mean, heavy, essentially a heavy 2D3 last cannon is fairly scary, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially when you consider, um, I mean, they are vehicles as well. Um, so, you know, you can shoot those in um, close combat. So even if your opponent charges you to, you know, try and tie you up or something along those lines, you can still shoot those rockets into close combat, which I think is hilarious. Um, obviously, jumping into like the, the heavy support sections, we've got the... Um, the different variations on the uh, the battle wagon, which is obviously been repackaged so that you get the um, cannon and the death roller upgrade sprue. Mm-hmm. Um, bit annoying that I bought mine about two weeks ago, not realising that, but you know, just it just encourages me to go out and buy another one. Um, killer cans, oh killer cans! So killer cans now the weapon skill four plus which might not seem like a big deal but they were weapon skill five plus which even for a grot in a giant robot suit well giant for gretchen um is great to see and um, blister skill four plus which again when you look at uh, regular orcs you know being blister skill five it gives you some semi-decent shooting um and then they've simplified for close combat version i think in the previous codex there might have been three different versions of close combat weapon now it's just a can claw um which is plus three strength minus three and three damage surprisingly terrifying for a killer can yeah i mean points wise i think like a unit of three depending on how you kit them out works out at like roughly 160 points so yeah looking at that i again i want to do a death like death tra- death mob um themed army and yeah these guys will yeah they're fitting like no uh, they're fitting really well um looters um looters obviously got the the death guns that used to be i think it was heavy d3 shots um now it's just daca 3 2 so you've got that um um you've got more uh What's yeah, more reliable, aren't they? Reliable, yeah. Um, and obviously you've got the more DACA stratagem, so you always count as being within short range. Um, so again, looking at these guys, you know, they're cheap, cheap um, uh, almost like the orc version of a Devastator squad, which is cool. Mm. Um, Death Dreads, now very similar to all the other vehicles, like the Speed Freak stuff, they come in mobs, so you can take one to three for a heavy support choice. Again, I've got two of these in my 1,000 point death mob army. Um, the kill rig. So we've talked about <laughs> it a few times, but the kill rig is, I think it's our favourite unit, isn't it, Matt? Uh, it's, it's by far the best unit in the book. Absolutely. I mean, you look at the keywords. It's a vehicle, it's a transport, it's a character, it's a psycho, it's a beast snagger. It's also a weird boy. It's just crazy. So, I mean... The base profile, 12 inch movement, weapon skill 3 plus, blizzard skill 5 plus, it's an orc, yeah. strength 6, toughness 8, 16 wounds, 6 attacks, leadership 7, 3 plus save. Now you think, okay, it's a vehicle, so it's not going to be great in combat. Well, you say that, but it's <laughs> <laughs> it's surprisingly amazing in combat. 
it gets so it gets its six attacks base at uh, strength eight AP minus two two damage. It then gets four additional attacks at strength seven AP two three damage, and then it gets another four attacks at strength five AP minus one one damage in combat for a transport. <laughs> On top of that, it's got that ridiculous death laser gun. The yeah. uh, the were tower, which is essentially the the psyker channeling its energy into a massive gun. Uh, it's only assault one, but strength nine, AP minus three, D six damage. If you manifest a psychic power, it goes up to assault D three and automatically hits its target. Yeah, when I saw that automatically hits its target, I was just like, oh, that's like icing on the cake at that point, isn't it? Yeah, it's 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 way too cheap in points, but it is it's bananas good. Yeah, I mean, we, yeah, but, but again, writing like 1,000 point list with Beast Snaggers, like I said, I've got two of these in, and, you know, for 190 points each, they are such a steal. Like I said, they're transport as well, so if you want, you can put some Beast Snaggers in them, you know, move them up to an objective, they go just run into your opponent's line while dropping off some Beast Snaggers to go and sit on an objective or something along those lines, and... Yeah, they, they do everything, don't they? They kill elite stuff, they kill hordes, they kill vehicles, they're psychic, you know, they, they do everything, like literally everything. Like I can't think of any downside apart from the fact that the model looks like it would take quite a while to paint. Yeah, it's it's it, it's it's rare that they do this now, but I do, I do think this is way too cheap. And yeah, let's face it, it's probably going to be a 70, 80 pound model that everyone's going to want three of in their army. Yeah, and I mean, for me, the only other unit that really competes with it in terms of being my favourite unit in the book is the Gorkonaut. And now, thankfully, the Gorkonaut will not compete with the Killrig in the sense that it's not a heavy support anymore. They've moved it into the Lord of War along with the Morkonaut. And again, looking at it, you know, you've got the Deathstorm Mega Shooter, which is 36 inches. Daca 30, strip six minus one. And I'm just like, you know what? I'd love that. I, I would love to have a Gorkonaut in my army, which I do in my 1,000 point death mob army. What? Just so I could roll 30 dice and shout Daca. I mean, it's always a good unit if you need to bring a bucket to roll your dice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, but sadly, it's competing with a Stomper. And bizarrely enough, money-wise... It's actually the same price as a Stomper. They're both £75 on the Game Social website. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, the Stomper has had a um, a massive points reduction. I think it used to be like 700-odd points, didn't it? And yeah, now it, was, it, was, it was in Titan territory, where now it's actually usable. Yeah, now it's down to um, 675 points. So at a 2,000-point army, it's just over a quarter of your army. Which again, if you know, if this death, death dread, death mob um, sort of army take takes um, uh, gets up there, I, I think I'm gonna have to throw a stomper in. I mean, in combat, it. in combat, it's got six attacks at strength twenty, AP minus five, nine damage. Yeah, I mean, you point <laughs> at an imperial knight or any vehicle, and it will wipe them out. And again, it's toughness eight with forty wounds. You know. It is not going to go down quickly. And even at movement 10, with the amount of guns on it, you know, 
again, you know, it's ballistic skill five because it's an orc. But at the same time, the amount of guns it's got on it, I could easily see you putting it on a flank and over two turns just clearing one flank, which, yeah. you know, again, is super orky, isn't it? You can load 10 mega knobs into it now as well. Yeah, which... Yes, please. <laughs> um, and then obviously we've got the fortifications, we've got the uh, the Mech Boy Workshop, and we've got the uh, Big Ed Boss Bunker, which I don't think you could make a more orkier terrain piece. Um, and again, if you've got the um, scenery kits from like Kill Team and stuff, this fits really well with those sort of kits. You know, putting, I mean, even putting it into like a kill team game just as a piece of scenery, it looks fantastic. Um, I mean, it, it basically is an open topped vehicle that you can put a war boss in, which again is like super awesome and, uh, and very orky. Um, you know, toughness eight with 12 wounds, yeah, it, it, it's going to be interesting to see how many of these because you don't usually see fortifications that much in 40k so whether or not this you know makes it into a lot of lists or you know what because i mean it's you know looking at points it's uh it's looking at you're looking at about 80 points so it's not too expensive you know 80 points is what less than a unit of boys but whether or not it's you know you want that unit of boys yeah, I, I mean, I'd take the unit of boys myself. Yeah. Really nice scenery pieces. I just don't know about their utility in game. The Mech Boy Workshop adds extra uh, upgrades, but you may as well just pay the points and have the upgrades that you want anyway, rather than the chance of maybe getting an upgrade during the battle. Yeah. So uh, I, again, it's very orky. It's very themed. It's it's cool, but again, like you said, it's it's the practicality of it. You know, are we going to see these on the tabletop? Maybe not. Um, no, I'll, I'll use them on the tabletop as like generic scenery to go with my little orc shanty town that I'm building up. But yeah, I don't think I'll personally take one in my lists. Yeah, and and that's pretty much for Codex in a nutshell. Um, I mean, obviously we've chat chatted a lot about you know writing different armies and different themes and stuff like that. Um, obviously, you know I'm, I'm really looking forward to do a, a Beast Nagel list. I'm really looking forward to do a, a Death Dread list. Um, you know, you've got the speed freaks in there. You've got you've got effectively like two or three different types of speed freaks, haven't you? Because you could do loads of trucks with boys. You could do loads of bikes. You could do loads of death copters. You could do loads of, um, you know, units of the actual um, vehicles and stuff. So, yeah, the, the codex for me, I one thing that's really held me back since ninth edition has been a codex coming out that's really got me infused about buying, building, and painting these models. And the Orc Codex has done all of those for me. And the only other one that came close was the Sisters of Battle, or the Adeptus Sororitas Codex. But, yeah, when I sort of, like, picked up this Codex and started flicking through it, I immediately fell in love for the Orcs, um, which is great for me. Maybe not so much great for my wallet, but, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's I, I've 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 had an orc army a long time, and I don't know the, the army that wanted to run Speed Freak. I think runs so much better in this new book now. I mean, I'm currently just looking on the Games Workshop website at the Stomper because 
I could squeeze one into my army, and it's amazing after looking at the rules just there. Yeah. But like you said, that's a, that's a cool thing. You can do an orc army now in nice, bite-sized chunks. So like you say, different clans and different things to paint up, but then make your army from all those different elements, which is a really nice way to do an army rather than having to paint everything up in the same scheme or use the same style. You can go all in on one theme if you want to, or have a nice mixture of all these wacky and zany orc units, which... For me, from a from a from a painting and just having fun, maybe not the most competitive, but from having fun, it's nice to have that variety in the book. Yeah, I I think orc players who have been playing their army for you know the last ten years or so, you are not going to be disappointed in this codex. And even as you know new orc players, you know I haven't even played a game and I'm so excited about the army. Um, I would not be disappointed in this codex. I think it's great. Fantastic. That was a, a really good insight into the uh, into the Orc Codex. And Andy, you very um, kindly done a, a full written review as well over on spruceandbrews.com, uh, of which I will put the link in the description um, for this podcast episode. So you can chat you can check that out at your leisure uh, and give that a read. Um, I think both of you were taking Orc Armies on Wednesday when we were to Warhammer World, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, I'm bringing the speed freaks along. I'll just throw in as well. Massive thanks to Games Watch for sending us a copy of the New York Codex to review as well. Yeah, thank Super you very lucky. much. Yeah, excellent stuff. And uh, that uh, wraps up our chat about the Codex Orcs. We are not quite finished with the podcast this week though, because we do have our top three coming up next. We have seen quite a few start collecting uh, combat patrol starter boxes in, in different guises over the years. And we decided for this week's top three, we're going to be picking out our top choices, um, either for expanding an army or for starting a brand new army. Um, we are going to read out the community picks towards the end of the podcast. But for now, we're going to read out our choices. So I'm going to start us off this week with my third choice. Uh, this is an army that I've um, considered a few times in the past. Uh, and they've just recently had a new combat patrol box. It's the Drakari. Ooh. Ooh. So it's a nice it's a nice mix of units in this box because you get uh, an Arch- Archon, which you, you will always need in Drakari army. You get 10 Cabalite Warriors. You get five of the new Incubi, which are gorgeous models, a Ravager and a Raider. That just seems um, like such a great way of starting um, a Drakari army. And it's kind of really the basis of a Drakari army, aside unless you went really in on witches. Um, but I think that's a that's a great box. Yeah, it's, it's one that's good for buying duplicates of as well. You might have to need to offload a few bits, but it's all those units really are stuff that you're going to use in your army. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Matt, what is your third choice? Well, I've gone for Start Collecting Chaos Space Marines, the, the new one that features the Push Fit models out of, well, they're not Push Fit, the Mono Build, Shadow Spear, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a really nice box. Obviously, you've got fixed loadout for the Chaos Space Marines. I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. You get the new Obliterators in there, the Greater Possessed. You get the Venom Crawler thing and the Master of Possessions. I painted one of these recently for my start of my Word Bearers army and really, really enjoy painting those models to the point where... And we've said this before on the show, sometimes I think I prefer building and painting those monopose models compared to having to work out how i want to behold a kit yeah i love the um uh dark imperium primary synthesis i prefer them over the multi-part kit i just think it's yeah. so nice 
you know, you obviously you've got less variety over the army, but honestly, over an army, no one's going to notice that your two guys with Reaper guns look no. exactly the same, are they? No, and they uh, tend to do a, um, a lot of clever stuff as well with their monopost stuff, where the, you can put the head on a slightly different way, and it changes mm. the whole stance of the model. The um, Victrix Ultramarines, Victrix Guard were very um, sort of demonstrate, you know, evidence that quite well. I thought where um, just a slight change in the position in the way you attach the arms it gives you like a completely different look. Yeah, so uh, it's sixty pounds, I think, which is a good price as well. Um, so obviously, the the combat patrols are. Um, more money but arguably better value now but i think 60 pounds still fits within that kind of impulse buy bracket where maybe the combat patrols don't quite anymore no that's true um andy your third choice please uh so my third choice i almost went with the same one you did dave um i almost went with jukari but to fit with the theme of orcs i've gone for the iron jaws start collecting box oh so when this box came out, I think it was roughly the same time when the Iron Jaws originally got released. And you get three Gore Grunters in this box. You get ten Ard Boys and a War Chanter for about £12 more than a box of Gore Grunters. And that's if you buy it from Games Workshop. Obviously, if you buy it, you know, through Element Games, see Sprues and Brews for affiliate link, um, then you obviously get a bit of a a discount so i think you can actually get the start collecting box from other games for like 48 pounds something along those lines so basically you get a box of gore grunters with some odd boys and a war chanter for free which is where i look at it and again you know let's talking about starting armies and stuff a war chanter you're gonna want at least one or two war chanters especially now you know we've, we've got a new battle tome uh, on the horizon for war clans so you know what better time you know you're going to want a war chanter you're going to want our boys you know they fill out one of your battle line units which is again great and you've got gorgrunters which I, i've built three gorgrunters in the past and they were a little bit annoying to build but the models themselves are absolutely gorgeous so i think value for money yeah the iron jaws box just just about beat it for the Jukari, just because the Jukari is a little bit more expensive. Yeah, you do get, you know, you do get more value in the sense you get more models, but it costs you more. But I think the uh, start collecting Iron Jaws box, yeah, value for money is great. Like Matt said, I think one of the greatest values there is is the ability to buy multiples. You know, like you said, Andy, you could quite easily have two War Chanters, um, either one unit of 20 Ard Boys, which is harder to do now, you're probably more likely to to run two units of ten, but you could run a unit of six gore grunters. They they'd be very effective with their jagged gore hackers. Um, so yeah, really really good box. Uh, Jay, your third choice, please. Uh, my third choice is the new one, the uh, the combat patrol orcs. Um, mm. and the the reason I've chosen this one is, I, I mean, I, there probably have been other instances, but I can't remember. But this one, basically, the only old kit in this box is the Death Dread. Everything else is new. Everything else yeah. is, like, just coming out now. And you yeah. can just go and buy it all in this Combat Patrol box, which I don't know if that's ever happened before, um, out, you know, in, it, for, for the start collecting sets, at least. Um, yeah, so, so it's, 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 it's such a good box. And, again, it's another one where multiples of that box will really fill out your army quickly. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's really cool. I mean, even though the Death Dread's an old model, it's still awesome. <laughs> yeah. 
And I love those new plastic um, death copters. They're amazing. Almost cl- started, cl- started collecting an orc army off the back of those. Um, we're round to our second choices. Uh, my second choice is delving into the mortal realms. Um, so for my second choice, it's start collecting Beast Claw Raiders. Because it's almost a thousand points in a box. <laughs> <laughs> it's... Um, I will I will have a Beast Club Raiders army to, to go my Ogamore tribes at some point. Um, and definitely two two of these and, and you're set. Anybody who wants to get into Age of Sigmar and doesn't want to spend a fortune could you know, couldn't do wrong by going for a Beast Claw heavy uh, Moor tribes army. Um you've got obviously the big Stonehorn or Thundertoss, depending on how you build it, and then you get a unit of I think it's four um oh, what are they called? Oh in fact. Uh, Mournfang. Um so you've got a lot of variety in the box to build them. Um the nice big chunky models, it's great value for money. like you say, Andy, these old start collecting boxes are around about fifty pounds, I think. Maybe this one's slightly more expensive, maybe closer to sixty. Um, but it's great value. Great way into the mortal realms. Uh, um Matt, what is your second choice? Well, you walk into your local games workshop, you think, oh, I'm going to collect fire slayers. They look really cool. They're like dwarves that are on fire with axes and stuff. You look, oh, wow, Magma Droth. That's a cool monster thing. That's like £60. And then you turn around and you look at the start collecting box, which is also £60, and has a Magma Droth in it and like 50 quid's worth of other stuff. <laughs> I, I, I honestly want to know, who's who's buying the Magma Droth by themselves when you can get the start collecting box for the same price with more <laughs> stuff in it? Uh, and again, that Magma Droth kit can build three different character types, which is really cool as well. So, you, I, I mean, I think I bought two of these to build the majority of my Fire Slayer army, and arguably I could pick up a third one and have three different characters of Magma Droth and three units of Volkite Berserkers. And there you go, that's pretty much a, uh, a Fire Slayer's army ready. It's it's such a good value. It just really confuses me that why, why would anybody buy the Magma Droth by itself? <laughs> no, I don't, I don't know. I'd, I'd love to see the sales figures there to see who's buying those. Um, great choice. Andy, your second choice, please. Uh, so my second choice, um, well, let's just put it this way. Great minds think alike because I went for the Beast Claw Raider stock <laughs> collecting box. Hey. Because... Again, like you say, if you're getting into the hobby, you can buy yourself three boxes of this, and that basically is a 2,000-point army on the nose. And I've got an ogre army. Um, I've got about 2,000 points of ogres without any Beast Claw Raider stuff. And last year, I um, sort of went through a phase of clearing out and getting rid of a load of stuff and that sort of stuff. And I got rid of all the Beast Claw Raider stuff that I own. And looking at the start collecting box, again, if you go to like Element Games or, you know, other independent retailers, it's probably about 40 quid for roughly almost, what, about 1,000 points worth of models, depending on sort of like how you, you know, build the models and stuff. But again, you know, looking at the um, the Frostlord and Stonehorn, you obviously get, you know, a Frostlord, you get a Huskard, you get Stonehorn Beast Riders. I mean, you get the equivalent of that for the Thundertoss. So you get about six different types of units out of that. I mean, the Mormfan Cavalry, you know, you've got um, Iron Fist, you've got great weapons. Now with, um, you know, looking at um, Age of Sigmar 3rd Edition with, you know, all-out attack, a big unit of Mormfan with great weapons is actually really scary. Yeah. And it's something that, 
in previous editions, I never really looked at the Mormon thing and thought, you know what, I'd run a unit of 12, or, well, not a unit of 12, but I'd run 12 in an army with just, you know, great weapons because now it's scary. And so when I look at that, I look at the um, sort of the value of that box, and I could quite happily buy six boxes of that, start collecting boxes, and have one of each of the monsters, <laughs> and then 12 of each of the different types of war things. So, yeah, for, for me, I mean, I love my ogres, and unfortunately there's no gut buster start collecting box yet. So, yeah, I, basically I had to feature in the top three. Excellent. Yeah, definitely agree with uh, all those points. Uh, Jay, your second choice, please. Uh, my second choice is three for one. And if you're starting a primary Space Marine army, go and grab yourself a Combat Patrol Dark Angels, Combat Patrol Blood Angels, Combat Patrol Space Wolves, and just mix and match them all. <laughs> Don't be put off by the colours on the front cover. Okay. You get yeah. all sorts of units in those boxes that you can mix and match and form any kind of chapter. Generic Librarians, Generic Primaris Chaplains, Dreadnoughts with the two weapon options. You get heavy supports in the um oh no are the uh gravis the aggressors they may be elites actually in fact heavy support might be the only option that's missing from the combat patrol yeah i think you're right yeah. i like um, i like the way they've done this with with different boxes per chapter but basically they've they've just got a transfer sheet in and one of the upgrade sprues all the other stuff is like just generic space marine stuff and like you say by buying different ones of these boxes you can assemble a, a fairly sizable space marine army really quickly and relatively cheaply yeah you know if you go to like a, a, a discounted store definitely yeah um so i, I really like those combat patrols they're a bit more expensive than well actually i think they're in line aren't they about 85 quid i think which is probably the similar price to the jukari and death guard yeah all all of the yeah, all of the combat price. patrol boxes are 85 pounds it's the start collecting boxes that are 60 yeah I mean, just just to go on that point, Jay, uh, for my Death Watch army, I got the Space Wolf one because I preferred the the loadout of uh, units. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Um, we're round to our top choices. I'm gonna very briefly touch on my top choice because it was, has already made an appearance, and that is the Combat Patrol Orcs. I just think it's a great value box. I really like Orc Boys. I really like the new Death Copters, and that new War Boss is mint. And like Jay said, the Death uh, Death Dread still stands up now. Um, I think it's a great value box. If I ever started an Orc Army, I'd definitely start there. Um, a great, great box. Uh, Matt, your top choice. So my top choice is the... Well, I'm going to cheat a little bit because you can't get it anymore, but it still counts. It is the Adeptus, uh, it is the Adeptus Titanicus Precept Maniple. So this was essentially... I say start collecting the Adeptus Titanicus, but I'd go even further than that. It was, here's an entire Adeptus Titanicus army in a box. A full maniple with a warlord titan, a warbringer, a reaver, and two warhounds. Fully legal, full force, in a box. I think it cost me, what, £80, something like that. It was infinitely cheap. I think it worked out. You bought, like, the warlord and the warbringer, and you got the rest free, essentially. Obviously, that's with discount from, like, Element, but uh, there's no cheaper way of getting into Adeptus Titanicus than that box. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was a really great value box. I kind of wish I'd got it myself. Still haven't played a game of Titanicus. I really, really do. Excellent. Uh, Andy, your top choice, please. So now I'm wondering if I've left my webcam on and Dave can see my list. Because my top choice is the (laughs) 40k Combat Patrol Orc box. Which, you know, we're, we're on a show where we're talking about all about 
Darkhawks. So needless to say, the York box obviously had to feature at some point. But yeah, looking at the contents, you obviously get a War Boss and Mega Armor, which, you know, I've said is my favorite model from the new release. So you know, straight away, it was going to be in my top three for just for that. But then when you look at the fact that you get 20 new Orc boys, which look so good, you get the Death Copters, which again, every Orc player is going to want some Death Copters in their army, if not like 18 of them, you know. <laughs> then obviously you get the Death Dread, which again, when I'm planning a Death Dread or Death Mob army, you know, looking at the, I mean, I've built the, the killer cans recently and those are amazing. But looking at the Death Dread, I'm just like, you know, that is the older brother of the killer cans. And so for me, you know, I can't wait to get one of those on the table with two scorches and two claws and, you know, just run it at your opponent and see what happens. So I think um, looking at the the start, uh, the Combat Patrol Orc box, for me, it has everything I want in that box. And like we said, one of the things that we, we love about these sort of boxes is the fact that you can buy multiples of them. And, you know, looking at the, the the only thing in there that you probably don't want multiples of is the war boss in Mega Armor, simply because of the fact that you can only have one war boss per detachment. But I'm looking at all of the bits and stuff that I've got left over, and I could quite happily try and convert that war boss in Mega Armor into like a big mech in Mega Armor, you know. So, yeah, for, for me, the Orcs one, when I looked at that, Again, it is one of those things. It got me super excited about the Orcs. And I, I really had to restrain myself on Saturday when the pre-order went up because that was the only thing that I bought. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I still think that's probably going to take me a, a good long while to get all that painted. So, yeah, that was my number one choice. Excellent. Great choice. Jay, would you like to finish off our top three with your top choice, please? I'm so glad you asked, Dave. Um, so my number one uh, top choice isn't a start collecting or combat patrol. It's something at Games Workshop I've been doing recently, and it started, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Matt. It was the Adeptus Sororitas launch box followed by a Lumineth launch box. Yeah, well, the, back back in the the olden days, they used to do kind of like army boxes, but yeah, the the recent kind of like reiteration of them is it started with the Adeptus Sororitas box, yeah. Yeah, and it's weird how Games Workshop have sort of done this, and there's there's sort of no sort of pattern to them really. You know, we we weren't expecting a Black Templars launch box, but we're getting one. And you know, a couple of months ahead of a Codex launch, the Beast Snaggers got one, um, the Adeptus Sororitas ones. It seems nowadays that it, it uh, the, the Luminous well, it's, it's if, a, if a faction is getting a complete new range of models, or mm. there's a new faction coming out, but then that doesn't apply to every in every case because we've not had i mean i suppose you could argue the stormcast and the Uruk got their equivalents in the um, dominion, Dominion, yeah. dominion box, potentially yeah um so so maybe, maybe that is the pattern then if we get a new range of models you're going to get a new a launch box for that range of models but yeah, I if that's like the it. case that's really cool because you get like you not only do the codex within it with a nice a nice limited edition cover on it you generally get like three of the new kits a couple of months early yeah um i i think it's it's ace for for fans and um and it, it's just something a little special you get a nice limited edition codex 
um, or Battle Tome. Um, I think in most cases you get a nice set of dice. I don't know if you did in the Beast Snaggers, though. Did you get so dice? The Beast Snaggers came with the data cards. There is a slot in the box for dice, but I think it's the generic box that they use for those launch boxes. Right, yeah. And arguably yeah. 40k, I think the data cards are more useful anyway. Yeah, I'm thinking actually the um, the Adeptus Sorora test, they did get some miracle dice, but they were just white dice. They were, yeah. <laughs> Whereas the Luminef were nice, weren't they? Oh, the, well, the Luminef, you got a ton of extras. You got your um, uh, three inch range ruler. Yeah. Um, you got your nine inch range rulers, I believe. Was I uh, could be wrong on that. I think there was. I think they were cardboard though, the nine inch range rulers. Um, you got your dice, you got a lot of tokens, and you got some really cool cards for all your spells and Aether Quartz abilities and things like that. Um, and like you say, a bunch of new kits, the Wardens, the Dawn Riders, and the Light of Ulfarian. Um It's a shame the limited edition codex was invalidated like <laughs> 20, 22 days later. when. <laughs> but yeah, I really like those launch boxes. I'm really hyped about the Black Templars one. We've not really seen what's in it. We've had that one picture of the, the model with the special flamethrower, which I'm just, I'm guessing it's going to be in the launch box, but other than that, we're not, we don't know. Um, and then, you know, what's the next launch box going to be? I mean, we've talked about things like squats coming back, squat launch box. I mean, that'd be so cool. Yeah, I, 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 I agree. I, I think you're right. I think it's whenever there's a new large range refresh that doesn't have an associated like new edition box. Uh, we, you know, we, we could potentially see a couple of these a year, which is really cool. I, I, I like them. It's like a quite like a novelty, isn't it? It's quite special, mm. I think. Um, yeah, cool. That's my number one choice. Um, we'll see if a lot of the community agreed with our top three choices, because we have got one final segment of this podcast left. It is the community top three picks, and that's coming up next. It's time to wrap up this week's podcast with the community top three choices. Matt, what do we have over on Twitter? Well, Immortan Joe says, for number three, an unusual one, Warhammer Underworlds. Every warband is at a good price point and it's difficult to point to any bad models. Yeah, they're, they're really good way of um, kind of dipping your toe in an army. At number two, Flesh Eater Quartz, because it's the best bang for your buck. Uh, yeah, I think um, obviously you get the zombie dragon in there and a load of um, ghouls. So yeah, it's a really good box. And again, it's another one of those ones where a couple of those, you can build an army out of multiple boxes and then start collecting Thousand Suns uh, you want every model in this kit, and it comes with one of their very best sculpts, Araman. Vincent Notley says the Precept Manapool Bundle, which is an amazing box. Uh, start collecting Beast Club because three of them, and you have an army, and Combat Patrol Orcs because, well, come on. Nevermore says Slaves to Darkness. Now, these are the new push-fit Slaves to Darkness models, and again, they're really nice. With the, with the, the lizard that Jay was in love with. Oh, Christmas, yeah, that was so cool. Ago. Uh, for number two and three, Beasts of Chaos and Flesh Eater Courts, because they both give you a whole Warcry Warband. That's a really good idea. Oh. Uh, Matthew Thomas says the Drakari Combat Patrol, the Adeptus Titanicus Precept Maniple, and Betrayal at Kalth. Yes, so this was, it's kind of sold as a Horus Heresy board game, wasn't it? Mm. I don't think many people played the board game, because it <laughs> contained probably a couple of hundred quids worth of Horus Heresy kits. It was amazing value. Uh, Tam the Third says Demons of Slanesh. Everything in that is super repeat purchasable 
and build a ridiculous number of combinations of chariots and HQs. Yes, I know this. I have got six or seven of those Slanesh chariots. I don't know how many of those boxes I've bought, but it was a super good way of getting a Slanesh army put together. I don't want to build another chariot in my life. Beast Claw Raiders, an army in three boxes of these, and the Adeptus Tysanicus preset Manaport, an entire army in a box. Also throws in a Flesh Eater Quartz as an honourable mention. Hannah says, uh, start collecting Flesh Eater Quartz. It's a great box with loads of value for two different death armies. Yeah, I used it for my um, vampires. Basically just painted the ghouls as zombies as extra bodies to just throw in your mob. Because when you've got a massive blob of zombies, it really doesn't matter. And the uh, the zombie dragon's really good for those as well. Start collecting Sylvaneth is a great deal if you love Tree Lords and Dryads. And start collecting Iron Jaws. I don't have any of these, but two of these, plus some more crush it, is a great start for an Iron Jaws army. Agree. Uh, Harry Sherwin says uh, they agree with the Iron Jaws box, but they'd also throw in Slaves to Darkness because they're some of the best AOS models out there. Claude Savagely says Betrayal at Kalth, Burning of Prospero, which was the newest heresy box that contained uh, Custodians and Sisters of Silence and a load of Marines, and the Adeptus Sandicals Manipult Battle Box. And then J.P. Riley says the new Orc Combat Patrol. Disappointed it's monopose, but still a great place to start Orcs. The Dark Angels and Blood Angels Combat Patrol as a pair to start a Space Marine Army. And Combat Patrol Drakari. So yeah, some really cool choices there. Lots of love for that Adeptus Titanicus Maniple. Keep your eyes open. They tend to release one of these every Christmas. So uh, if you are tempted to get into heresy, pick it up. It's definitely worth it. Excellent. Matt, what is next week's top three? So, obviously, next week we've got the launch of the Stormcast Eternals and the Uruk Battle Tomes. So, we want to know your top three Stormcast and Uruk kits. Excellent. You can get your choices in early via social media at Spruce and Bruise on Twitter or Facebook.com forward slash Spruce and Bruise or await the post on Sunday or Monday and you can just click reply on that. That, gentlemen, brings us to the end of another week's episode. Super excited to catch up with you all in person on Wednesday at Warhammer World. Uh, it's yeah. going to be a fantastic day of gaming, and we'll be letting you all know how we get on uh, on next week's episode as well. Um, so, yeah, it should be a really fun episode next week. Until then, have a great week of hobby, and we'll speak to you all again very soon. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to the Spruce and Bruce podcast. For more content, remember to check out spruceandbrews.com and if you'd like to get in touch with us, send us a tweet at spruceandbrews or head over to facebook.com forward slash spruceandbrews. <laughs>